Yeah, that, that's a great question. So I'll just take a step back before answering that questions, uh, question specifically. I mean, if you think about, let's say, a silicon integrated circuit, it's a spectacularly sophisticated piece of technology. But in all commercial forms that exist today and have existed historically, that technology has been built on the rigid planar surface of a silicon wafer. Uh, and that, that's a great substrate for lots of different applications. You end up with microchips, and they call them chips because of the mechanics and the geometry. But if you want to you know, integrate that sort of technology with uh, soft, time-dynamic, moving, curvilinear surfaces or, or you know, uh, volumetric spaces of, of uh, living uh, tissues, the, the mechanics uh, is sort of all wrong, and, and, the, and the geometry kind of doesn't make sense. And so you really have to think about that challenge, um, you know, from the standpoint of the constituent materials. You know, what, why uh, does an integrated circuit have the properties that, that it does? Is partly because the silicon itself and many of the other functional, uh, you know, materials in that system are, are rigid and brittle, and they're most easily processed in, in planar forms, and that, that, that's the, the consequence. And so you think about it, um, you know, how do you kind of reformulate that technology without losing uh, you know, much in terms of the sophistication and the operational capabilities to look more bio like biology? And one, one strategy would be to just move away from silicon, move away from silicon dioxide, move away from copper, and think about you know, maybe conducting polymers or semiconducting polymers or 2D materials or graphene or carbon nanotubes and then build a whole new, you know, portfolio of electronic materials and develop manufacturing approaches allow you to manipulate those materials and develop an entirely new technology uh, base where, where the goal would be to overcome these sort of you know, highly non-ideal geometric and uh, mechanical characteristics that, that characterize um, you know, uh, silicon integrated circuits. That that's one way to go, and uh, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, exploring that pathway to to this in, end um, goal of biocompatible electronics. And uh, I think there are a number of uh, you know research groups uh, around the world who are doing great great work uh, along those lines. The, the the other direction, and I think this is where your your question is really oriented, is to uh, think about how you can. Um, use silicon or use silicon dioxide, all sorts of, you know, well-established electronic materials, gallium arsenide, gallium nitride, and so on, um, but, but integrate them in, in a hybrid way with, with soft materials so that um, those brittle hard materials uh, develop sort of effective soft characteristics at the system level. So, so it's still the same brittle hard materials, but you've embedded them in soft elastomers and you've configured them in a geometric uh, fashion so that you can uh, affect kind of an end-to-end -end stretchability with a low modulus uh, response to, to forces. Um, that that lead to this kind of um, soft biocompat uh, biocompatible uh, structure, and so so that that's a separate, different sort of conceptual pathway to to the same endpoint, and it's really that second strategy that that's worked out best for us in any, anyway. We're we're able to produce devices that offer realistic levels of function, unique capabilities that can't be reproduced any other way. And so so I guess the centroid of our activity is in that second route. We still, you know, are interested in completely novel materials. But I think like 
taking existing materials and putting them together in interesting ways and using, um, say, buckling mechanics would be one, one very simple example of how you do this. So, so you can take very thin strips of silicon, for example, um, and uh, by, by making the silicon uh, extremely thin relative to the thickness, let's say, of a silicon wafer, so moving from a thickness of one millimeter to maybe a thickness of 10 nanometers, uh, there's a tremendous reduction in the bending stiffness as a result of that reduction in thickness. And that's pretty simple elementary bending mechanics is sort of intuitive how that works. And so thin silicon becomes flexible. So now you can put that thin silicon on a sheet of plastic. You can make a very high performance, flexible uh, integrated circuit. Uh, for biology, you need more than just the ability to flex. You also need uh, a capacity to stretch, which is a different type of mechanics. But you can also achieve that by playing with the geometry. So you can take these thin strips of silicon, you can bond them to an underlying soft elastomer substrate, but you don't bond them just in a flat geometry, you bond them in kind of a wavy shape. And once you've done that, now you have a hard, soft material composite structure where um, applied force can uh, lead to an overall stretching of that integrated system, but, but in a way that doesn't induce uh, lead to fracture-inducing strains in the silicon itself because that wave structure can now change to, to accommodate in-plane deformation by trading off uh, out-of-plane um, displacement. So, so the amplitudes of those wave structures go down when you stretch that system in a way that, again, reproduces or provides kind of an end-to-end -end stretchability uh, but, but in a manner that uh, doesn't impart significant strains in the silicon itself. So that would be like the simplest example of how you can kind of use geometry, use principles of mechanical engineering, buckling mechanics, hard, soft materials to like, kind of cleverly take what works well in conventional electronics technology and reformulate it and adapt it into these soft biocompatible forms. That would be the simplest example of all kinds of different ideas in origami and kirigami and you're you're playing with sort of sort of motions in, in 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 a way that creates like an effective i guess like a mechanical metamaterial i guess is one way you could think about it so you can achieve not only low modulus with linear elastic response but you can even engineer in sort of j uh j-shaped stress strain behaviors that are very similar to those that you see in the biological world by getting a little bit more sophisticated and exploiting in-plane serpentine design. So you're doing out-of-plane buckling, but also in-plane buckling and all sorts of uh, you know, engineering elaborations of those uh, basic ideas. So it turns out to be a really robust, rich direction for research, thinking about how to do some of those things. But once you come up with solutions, they're immediately applicable, not just to silicon integrated circuits, but almost every class of uh, planar microsystem technology that exists today and applicable for any class of material, not just silicon, but, but really any, any material, uh, inorganic or organic or, or otherwise. And so for us, that's been a very productive way to go. And, and it, it really is the, the dominating design strategy for almost uh, everything that we're doing in soft electronics these days.